Hi everybody and welcome to the show. It's a very special show, or as I called it yesterday on Twitter, it's a amazing show. Because <laughs> it's going to be better than bacon, at least that's my hope. Um, on my show today I have Dustin Hurst from Montana Watchdog, who's been with us before, and Don Pagriba from Helena High. IntelligentDiscontent.com, right. right. sorry. Uh, uh, who's also been on the show before. Thank you for coming back, gentlemen. Um, a little setup for everybody. Uh, yesterday, Twitter had a moment. I looked into my Twitter stream and I saw the swirling turmoil that was uh, the two of you having a conversation. And um, I'm not even sure exactly what set it off. I looked <laughs> and I got back to a point where either the conversation thread broke or I just, I, it wouldn't come up for me. I don't know what was going on. But... Uh, it looked like, at one point, you posted an article, Don, and yes. you commented that you were getting better information on the tester campaign yes. from Don than from the tester campaign. Yes. Okay, so that's where we start. How are you, gentlemen? <laughs> awesome. I'm happy to be here and uh, happy to discuss everything with you guys. It's going to be an interesting show, that's, that's for I sure. I think so, too. Um, so, I guess, what were you posting? I think I posted some snide remark suggesting that a recent story Dustin posted was slanted or inaccurate. It was, I mean, it was like three sentences, I think. But yeah, it was, that was, it, was, just it, was the, it was a quick hit in, uh, in, a, uh, uh, in a recent blog post. Nothing, nothing major, nothing... Was it know. slanted and inaccurate, sir? Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it that. I just think that... Um, I think that there's a basic misunderstanding between me and, and Mr. Pergreba about, about uh, my presence here. Oh, we're all here. on a first name basis here. Don, Dustin, <laughs> Kevin, okay? We're all friends. Some of us are very polite. I was planning to use Mr. Hurst. <laughs> yeah. Tom I'm Hurst. not very polite. I wore shorts and... That's amazing. <laughs> my show. All right. It, the show is named Politic Tick Boom. Come on. Fair enough. All right. So, uh, so you said it was slanted. You don't think it was? Yes. Okay. Uh, discuss. <laughs> well, let's 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 go here first. What what Mr. Pergrave said uh, about the article, uh, and and uh, knowing from our conversation yesterday, uh, I think that there's a basic again a basic misunderstanding about what I do, who I work for, uh, and my intentions here in uh, the Treasure State. Uh, I am here on a temporary basis to cover elections, and Mr. Pergrave, uh, I guess, wrongly believes that I'm here for. Uh, you know, for the Koch brothers just to, to do their bidding, and I just don't think that that's, that's the truth. And uh, uh, if Mr. Pergava has uh, evidence otherwise, I'd love, I'd love to see it. You know, I don't think I've ever said that about the Koch brothers. I know people have said that and certainly suggested about the Franklin Center. My, my issue from the outset, I mean, this is probably the fourth or fifth time this has happened between the two of us. My, <laughs> yeah, the last time, Yeah, hopefully. My concern is not really who funds you, although I think that's an interesting question, it's that I think the watchdog has become an official, or excuse me, unofficial campaign arm of the Reberg campaign. I understand. It's slanted coverage, it's biased, it's selective, it's often untrue, and I think that's fine. Like mm -hmm. if, a, if a dude had a blog and he said a bunch of things that were lies, I don't like it, that's fine, but a lot of this information is being presented as news. I mean, it's headed as news, it's called news, and I think if you call it news, you have an obligation to be accurate and fair. And that's my concern. If 
I mean, if I'm wrong that you guys aren't an independent, nonpartisan organization, I'll probably stop saying the stuff I'm saying. I understand. I, I think that uh, maybe from from the media matters piece that you that you uh, linked out and, and wrote about a little bit, uh, that there is a there is that conception that we are here again to to be a, a spokesman for the Reberg campaign. But as we were mentioning yesterday, uh, I've written a couple pieces that uh, were were rather. Uh, were rather mean to Mr. Reberg. Medicare Part D, for example. He knocked uh, Tester on his health care law. Well, at least Tester's health care law or his vote was paid for. Denny Reberg couldn't even give the American taxpayer that. So, you know, I wrote about that. Uh, I also wrote about, uh, oh, Reberg knocks Tester on uh, the debt and the, the national debt. Guess what? Reberg's voted several times to increase the national debt. So. Uh, I, think I think two. I mean, you gave me two yesterday, and I did spend a lot of time looking. I think you've written two pieces that were critical of Reberg. I think there, there's four. Okay. No, okay. I, I did some research. I, I think there's <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. But I'm not here for Denny Reberg. As I told Kevin last time on the, his show, uh, I don't know if you listened to that or not, I'm not going to vote for Denny Reberg, and I'm not going to vote for John Tester. I'm probably not even going to vote in the U.S. Senate race because John Tester and Denny Reberg are much the same person. Okay, but if I give you, I'm going to give you five critical pieces about Reberg. I'll give you one that we don't even remember. In the time you've been here, you've written six pieces just on the subject of John Tester's campaign not talking to you yes. in three different media outlets. Yes. So let's talk about comparative coverage choices. Reberg certainly has problems with ethics. Reberg certainly has problems with campaign transparency. He's also selective about who he talks to. You've written six pieces about Aaron Murphy not liking you, and you've written five, if we give you one freebie, mm -hmm. critical piece about Reberg in the whole time you've been here. I understand. I mean, that shows the bias, just numbers. I, but I, I, I guess I disagree because what it shows is that Reberg's campaign is willing to talk to me. Uh, back in Idaho, when I was working in Idaho, uh, I worked with Democrats and Republicans. We had much the same similar situation. Wait, you have Democrats in Idaho? Sorry. <laughs> Just, I, think I think there's four, something like that. I think there's four okay. all in the North End. Um, but, uh, you know, we worked with uh, Walt Minnick's campaign, and his campaign manager is actually a good friend of mine now, and we worked with Ra uh, Raul Labrador's campaign. Both talked to us, gave them both fair coverage. In fact, I knocked Raul Labrador for his Dream Act vote. So. Uh, after you know he flip-flopped on that so I think it's just the fact that the tester people won't talk to me when they claim to be the most transparent organization on the face of the earth well, their position's been very clear I mean the Butte debacle where I think you wrote two times about that they said you couldn't come because you're a political operative mm -hmm. that's their position I think the evidence bears that out and so it makes sense I mean to act aggrieved I think you called that you compared their campaign to the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz I yes mean, that's not, why would I then invite you to come to an event to cover me neutrally after you've said that about me in your newspaper? Online, though, maybe. Yes. The fact is, what we've seen from John Tester is that uh, in, in time and time again, he trumpets trans, uh, transparency. He says that he's the man when it comes to his uh, ethics audits. He, he posts a schedule online. He is so transparent. Well, if he's so transparent, uh, what, what exactly is he hiding from somebody who may be an unfriendly source? Okay, so as a, Senate, as a Senate person covering the Senate race, concerned about transparency, did you interview the Reberg campaign about why they ducked the Broadcasters Association debate? I know why they ducked the, the debate, because it was in Wyoming. 
Did you write a story about that? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 so there you go. I mean, the fact is, I've done a fair job of covering this election. The only reason that Tester seems to be getting the brunt of my uh, anger, I guess, is that they've handed me stuff on a silver platter. If you're going to call me a Republican operative, which is not true, uh, if you're going to shut me out of events and kick me out of things, uh, I'm going to go after you. But this isn't just happening here, right? It happened to you in Wisconsin, yes, too, right? it did. So do you think the tester campaign called Wisconsin to tip them off, or do you think there's a broader perception that you and or your organization have a bias? Well, what it is is that uh, earlier in the day when I got kicked out of the Wisconsin meeting, uh, I wrote a very critical story of, of Mayor Tom Barrett uh, of Milwaukee flip-flopping on a position. Three hours later, they kicked me out so of the So they've event. never kicked out another, like a reporter for the journal, Sentinel Journals at the Milwaukee paper who's criticized them, were they also kicked out or was it? I can't, I can't speak for them because I was the only one traveling to Chippewa Falls out of okay. Milwaukee, which is like three or four hours away. I mean, it seems like, I mean, it just seems like at a certain point you ask, what's the easier, more obvious answer? Is it that you're being victimized by this campaign or is there a pattern? And it seems like there's a fairly clear pattern. And I mean, to say that you can recall four critical stories about Dennis Freeberg in the past six months? Three months. Okay, three, three months. months. And you've written six stories alone about Tester not talking to you. I mean, it, it's, it's just transparent what's going on. That's one story once. And then in a story you can comment, Tester campaign refused to comment. But six headlined pieces, including The Cowardly Lion, I mean, that's, that seems pretty obvious, I think. And if I were the it, tester campaign, who I'm not a surrogate nor paid by, as you asserted. <laughs> wait yesterday. a minute, wait a minute. Do you get beef? That's what I, I wanted to know. Because beef. It's barbecue season, people. It's barbecue <laughs> well, season. Well, I'm a vegetarian, so they would know. I know. Oh, that's why I was hoping for the beef. It. If I were them, I wouldn't invite you to my events either. Oh, and I, I understand that. But again, I'm not the one on trial here. I'm not the one running for Well, you are today. Well, no. <laughs> so the question, uh -oh. that I, the question that I have, because you keep bringing up transparency. And, yes. and this is something that's bothered me about just about every campaign in the world is the people, you know, I understand that you're going to have times when you're going out and you want to just meet the people that are going to support you and you want to talk to the people that are going to be polite and that's a great thing but there have got to be a times when you face your critics. Yes. For two reasons. One, you, you should actually answer their questions but more importantly it shows how you handle stress which in any situation when you're elected that's such an important skill and I don't understand why people don't embrace it more often. You know, so I look at the Tester campaign, and I think they're, you know, I honestly don't think John Tester actually, yeah, I don't think it's on his radar. He's got so many other things that yep. he's dealing with personally. This is left to his campaign manager, and I think his campaign manager is actually doing a disservice by not letting him face you in some format, not necessarily in public, yeah. not necessarily at these events, but in some format because he's perfectly capable of answering these questions. We've seen him do it before. Here's yep. why I would disagree with you on that. Okay. I would understand that if it was a critical columnist writing for a newspaper. The framing of this is the problem. Because the average person who goes to the Watchdog site or watchdog.org, Montana, Montana there's like three different versions of it, they think, because most consumers of media are low information, they think they're at a news site. And they're going to read an interview that they think is a news interview that is not going to be presented accurately and fairly. And so, I, and again, I'm speaking, I don't know why the tester campaign isn't talking to you. But if I were them, transparency would be great if the reporting organization was transparent. They're not. Yeah, I, well, see, and I, I take the, the, the framework on that as I have a recording myself so that if they did anything funky, I have a recording. Yeah, and, and several campaigns have done that uh, with, with interviews that I've conducted. I did a, an interview with the, 
the Education Association president in Idaho. They had a recorder going. That's fine with me. Uh, I'm not here to distort. I'm not here to pull James O'Keefe. That's not my job. Uh, and and honestly, that's you know, as as Don has written about, I've done that once, and it was a mistake. We discussed it on your last mm -hmm. podcast. But that you're was going a mistake. To live with that one yeah. Forever. No, I told you I'm gonna I'm gonna attach that article to my resume because it, it might as well be there. Exactly. But I, I think that uh, facing. I, I think you're right in facing your critics. Um, the, the Democratic Party. Hang, hang on problem. one second. You're just, not, just one second. You're not a critic. Just one you're second. You're a reporter. I mean, I'm a journalist. Choice. Well, wait, 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 wait. We can, haven't, can we haven't, we haven't sorry, decided yet whether he's a journalist. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I feel like the, I feel like I should get a get a robe and a gavel. Gavel, yes. <laughs> but I think that can the judge object? I don't know. Mayor anyway. Mayor Barrett in Wisconsin, uh, regardless of his party handlers doing you know kicking me out, the next day after I got kicked out, it was really admirable because. I asked him another question in, in Portage, Wisconsin, that was you know, just a nice question. He knew me, I'd been trailing him for, for four or five days, and he went ahead and he answered it. I will give Mayor Barrett that, because he was willing to, to stand by his, his positions, even when somebody may be critical of his past positions and, and maybe you know, the flip-flops that he's made. I've never been to a public tester event where when he's taking questions, He's asked people to identify, are you a critic or are you a supporter? He just <laughs> takes questions from the audience. So the next time he's in Boulder or Helena doing a Q&A at a cafe, just go ask him a question instead of writing stories about how Aaron Murphy's picking on you. Un unfortunately, I would love to do that. I really would. But the last event I went into, they had somebody waiting for me at the door. And then they ushered me in to Bill Lombardi and somebody else that I don't remember. And they said, go home. And I, I, I would love to do that, I really would. As, but. as an advocate of private property, as uh, the Franklin Center is, private events are private by yes. nature. I mean, you also didn't write about Steve Daines going to Mitt Romney's private event. Because I wasn't there. That's <laughs> certainly not a criteria that seems to affect a lot of your coverage, whether if, or not if you're I'm... physically there. So, <laughs> I mean, you, you write stories all the time without being there, so you certainly could that? <laughs> well, take the tester story about the ad with the uh, wounded Marine. Yes. And that was a mistake, and I admitted it on your blog. I made the correction, and we moved on. Okay, but we know you didn't interview the tester campaign because they won't talk to you. Of right? course. Did you interview the Marine? No. So I, how did you I write can't a story? get access to these people. So how did you write a story without interviewing either of the sources or crediting the original news organization? I credited them. I linked to their stuff. You certainly didn't say the Missoulian reported. You wrote a story, a news story, in which you asserted these events took place. And you didn't do the reporting. I linked to them. That in the in the modern web, that works. Uh, we can look at it afterwards. But you certainly. And, and, and here's the thing: if that's not an appropriate way to to credit a news organization, maybe I should have uh, said the Missoulian reported. No, absolutely, you should have, because it gives the impression that you conducted news reporting when you report a factual story. But if all you're doing is taking another story, applying your spin, and putting it online, I, I don't think it's spin necessarily. You said that. Testers, people arranged a photograph of the Marine. That's not what I said. That was flatly contradicted that's, that's by not what the I said. Report. That is not what I said. What did you say? I wrote that article two months ago, but that's I know okay. that that's not what I said. Don't don't get all smug on me, bro. No. It's, I'm here to have a discussion. So with am you. I, and so, you're being dishonest. Okay, so you know. here's here's what I see that's going on now. I'm going to interject before things have to be thrown. <laughs> <laughs> The, the basic premise of, of this conversation comes down to, is Watchdog a journalist organization 
versus is it media? And you actually had Don, you, I'm pointing and I'm on an audio show. Yes. I think I know how this works. Uh, Don, you had a tweet, um, and I don't know that it was yesterday's, I think it was actually a while back, and you were talking about something else, but the, it was the difference between uh, media and a journalism slash news site. And right. um, you very vehemently pointed out that you are a blogger. You are right. not bound by the rules of journalism, don't have to deal with any of the ethics, although I do think you follow them fairly well. Try to. Um, then, but you pointed out that, and I don't know what it was in reference to because I was so busy with other things in my day. You pointed out, Dustin, you are media, journalism, in your opinion, you are not. Um, but you think you are a journalist. I'm a journalist. I'm not a reporter. That, and there's What's a, the there's difference a big, between a journalist and I think a reporter? A, a journalist or a reporter is somebody who goes to meetings, uh, who simply reports what happened, maybe does some investigation, some behind-the-scenes work, and simply is a stenographer for power. That's what a reporter is. A journalist is given a little bit more uh, responsibility to do enterprise reporting that, that some may be uncomfortable with, and a little bit more um, willingness or, or, or power to uh, to push back on things. Uh, there's, uh, you know, I, I talk to left-wing reporter uh, journalists all the time, uh, Jill Kuratis in, in Idaho, and she says, you know, you are not a reporter. And I, you know, for a while that bugged me. It really bugged me uh, because I thought of myself as a reporter. But over time I see that she's right, that a journalist is given more power to, uh, to cover things a certain way. And, and Mr. Pograno, Are you saying that a journalist has more power to interject their own view? Into? I don't think it's necessarily uh, an own view, but there is a viewpoint that is uh, written about. For example, as I told you in our last interview, uh, we are not the AP. The Montana Watchdog is not the AP. We're not that talented, nor are we that far-reaching. However, we are a, a news-type organization where uh, we write from a certain viewpoint. The AP writes about everything and, and anything. Uh, Can I ask what, what viewpoint that is? Because I don't think you present that very clearly on your site, what the viewpoint is. Well, I think uh, it, it depends on which site you're using. But that's neither <laughs> which of the nine? Here nor, yeah, no, right? But I, I think that's the essential question. You're saying that the watchdog presents news from a certain viewpoint, and you present news from a certain viewpoint. Yes. Because you're not a news reporter. What's that viewpoint? It's, we, we are very clear about that with the Franklin Center website. I think it's on the Franklin Center website somewhere. I don't care about this stuff because it doesn't come up every day. Uh, and on the Watchdog website, we write for the taxpayer. Nobody else writes for the taxpayer, and that's what we specialize in. That's why I do my job. That's why I love my job. Is so we would, get, you, would you concede that it's, it's a conservative viewpoint? If writing for the taxpayer lends itself to conservative ideals, then that's fine. Okay, so let's I write a, for the taxpayer. Let's take a story like John Tester won't talk to you. What impact does that have on the taxpayer? Again, because it shows a, a lawmaker who uh, says one thing and does the other. It, it, uh, while, while Mr. Tester trumpets himself as a, as a very accountable uh, ethical person, which I think he's a, I think he's a good man. I really do. I was impressed in his 2006 campaign when he took days off to, to go uh, harvest his field. I thought that was really cool. Uh, but it shows that that we need to be, we need to hold our public officials accountable. Denny Reberg included, Max Baucus, Brian Schweitzer, everybody. So if I were to hypothetically try to contact the Reberg campaign about an issue, like their schedule being posted online. And I, I called you guys up and I said, I've got a great story. Danny Reberg doesn't update his schedule. 
In fact, during that week when he was at the broadcast, wasn't at the broadcaster's debate, he didn't post his schedule. Man, that's a lack of transparency from a guy who promised to do it. That's news. Okay. So and, and here's where I'm so why surprise. wasn't the guy covering it for covering the Senate for the Montana Watchdog? Where was that story about the cowardly Representative Reber? Well, and here's here's what I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I say. believe he'd be the tin man. I'm not sure <laughs> where we're going to go with this Wizard of Oz Which thing. Doesn't have a heart. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be Dorothy. Is what I'm, I'm going to surprise about. a lot of people. You want me to write that story? Let's do it because awesome. I will write that. And you know what? The tester or the Reber campaign hasn't answered my last two emails. If they don't answer one more, they'll get a story just like John Tester because our politicians are accountable to us as taxpayers. Can I go back to what you said about your job? Because that's not what Phil Drake said when he hired you, if he hired you. And it's not he what didn't. you said when you left Idaho. You said, and I, these are my notes, I'm very excited. I, uh, I'm <laughs> taking a news job in Helena, Montana. I'm so excited for the new opportunity. And Phil Drake said to the Montana Watchdog, that you are here to enable the news outlet to expand coverage in an exciting election year. And you're making this very odd distinction between news and journalism, but in the words of the organization you worked for and yourself, you're supposed to be doing news. Well, I guess it depends on what your definition of news is. Is news, you know, taking, you know, following John Tester along the along the campaign trail and and taking everything that he says at face value because that's not news to me. Well, that's do you, do you that's think, being a stenographer, think, and I'm not going to do that. Do you think Mike Dennison does that and Chuck Johnson? There are some people who take everything at face value. I'm not saying personally because I don't read their their work all the time, and I'm not going to insult them here in this public forum. I'm not going to do that. So who are the stenographers that are doing that? I mean, you're saying that there's this distinction, but I don't think that's true at all. News reporters are often critical and point out contradictions. That's what news reporters do, but you're trying to make this argument that you're somehow news plus commentary from some vague point of view. And, and, it's, it's not a vague and, point and of view. not to attack you, and oh, no, so don't I, take it that way. I welcome. Um, but your definition, I've never heard a reporter called a stenographer, and I've never heard a distinction between journalist and reporter. Yeah. I've, journalist, reporters, to be fair, I have called reporters stenographers on my blog before. So. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't even know that, so that works out very nicely. Oh, that okay. That so, um, now that I have to clean off my shoes. Um, I've never seen a difference between a journalist and a reporter, as far as I knew. And, you know, uh, and I, somebody who actually has a journalism degree could tell me this. So, Marnay, if you're listening to this, call me later. Um, <laughs> As far as I know, the difference between the two is they were there wasn't one. It's an inter interchangeable mm -hmm. word, but there is a difference between a journalism, a journalist, and uh, an opinion. Right. The op-ed. And I don't mean to jump in, but that distinction is identified on the Watchdog site, where there's a column for commentary and a column for news. Right. What's problematic for me, and the reason that I've been so critical, is that line is blurred dramatically. And I think if you were writing pure commentary pieces, like the stuff about Tester not talking to you, that's commentary, that's awesome, keep writing it. But when it slips into news coverage, I think you're doing a disservice to readers. And I think, I think you're actually doing a disservice to yourself because you're not identifying what you're, when you put something out there, and mm -hmm. God knows I've put many, many things out there that I've ruined more pairs of shoes than I could go into. But if you put something out there and you don't identify how you see it from the get-go, mm -hmm. somebody else will put a label on it. And when they put a label on it and it's not the way you intended it, mm -hmm. because there's some sort of blurry bit or you didn't put it in the right category or whatever it is, there's no way for you to adjust it and make it clear that that's not what you meant. Right. Without writing this whole big long tirade or coming on the show 
with you know an idiot wearing shorts in the middle of the library. <laughs> um, that being said, I don't think there's any problem with a journalist also having an opinion. In fact, one of the things that has driven me nuts over the years is these journalists that insist on saying that they don't have an opinion, and yet they obviously do in their writing. And I'm not pointing at you for this, mm-hmm. no, but um, I, I, it's it's actually one of those things that you know there's several major network anchors that do this and it makes me crazy i'm like that's your opinion dude and it's like and i don't mind them having it i just want them to frame it as this is my opinion you know put it you know take a commercial right. break come back put it in that segment or put it in a different column that right. you know instead of the red columns that you have are you red or blue blue you know put it in a red column so we know it's opinion or give it some other color right. or, or write opinion across the top i think that would be more helpful in right. a lot of these cases and right. i don't uh, Personally, I don't have a problem with you going out and consistently saying, once again, I've tried to contact the tester campaign and have met up with a brick wall. Perfectly legitimate to let your mm-hmm. readers know that this is why I can't give you any more information. I also think, I also think you could link up to Don's blog. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd be happy to, no, no problem. And I think, you, I think you make a good point, and there's always areas uh, in our operations that we can't improve. However, uh, I think that as we as we understand the modern uh, the the feeling around the the watchdog word it's always been a, a government you know the government watchdog the the person that's holding our public uh, officials accountable i'm not working for the billings gazette i'm not working for the ap i'm not working for the helena ir uh, and so i think that there uh, there should be an understanding and i think that it's a but universal that's the understanding traditional role of the fourth estate yeah, I think the difference is the traditional media, despite its shortcomings, covers that for everyone. The watchdog organization, the Franklin Center, seem very focused on one side of the political aisle. And that, I mean, that's the problem. And it's not a question of government power even, because yes, Obama's the president and Tester's the sitting senator, so mm-hmm. they're gonna receive more criticism. Yeah. But look at Wisconsin. There, the watchdog was propping up the government against outside critics. It's a consistent, it's not an anti-government bias, or anti is probably the wrong word, but a government accountability bias, it's a conservative bias. And again, cool, just say it. <laughs> a conservative Montana well, watchdog. Let, let me throw this out there. First of all, I can't, I can't comment on what Wisconsin reporter writes on. I only know what my assignment was, and I fulfilled my assignment, and what I do here in, in uh, Montana. Uh, I will say that uh, I think that Again, we, we just have this, this watchdog persona, and it, it goes against Reberg for voting for Medicare Part D, right? He, he added trillions to our national debt and for deficits. It, right? Huh? Yeah, even voting for it. For it. Yes, yeah. excuse me, for voting for it. I, I apologize. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, and, and also, I mean, if you look at Reberg's record, he hasn't accomplished much. So, uh, there, I would love to see that story. I, and I, it's, Reberg's it's actually, achievements. It's actually, on my, uh, it's actually on my list for next week. Because uh, I think there's, we've discussed this on our porches. There's like five bills. Anyway, see that stuff would be awesome. I mean, I think my the reason Montana cowgirls, who I don't know, and I <laughs> responded so hostily was this perception, borne out I think by evidence, that that wasn't happening. This other stuff starts to happen. I stop writing snarky Twitter posts. I mean, I'm no, still. No, you won't. They just won't aim at him. Right. <laughs> I think I'm still. Gonna... And that's, that's perfect. I like. I, to be honest, I, I read Don Pergrave all the time. He's one of the best snarky writers I've ever read in, in the blogosphere. I'm not going to lie about that. Snarky. I, no, it, it's fantastic. Which, is that even in? You're an English teacher. Is that even in the dictionary? Because yeah. I don't remember it. Yes. <laughs> I think um, Lewis Carroll invented the word. Oh, delightful. 
I think, though, I mean, and I'm, I'm being really obnoxious, but that's all that I think clear up the distinction between the two. Like, I went back and I looked just at this week at four news stories. Mm -hmm. All four of them had commentary on news stories. That's where I, I think the mistake is. If you want to report about an ad or about a political campaign, that's awesome. But all four of the stories I read this week when I looked back had you inserting unsupported facts or editorial commentary that wasn't in evidence in the story. Th and, and that's, you know, I've, you can certainly ask anyone who reports in Helena. It's not like I'm just picking on you. Yeah. I mean, all I do is write mean, I was going to say a bad word, mean <laughs> things about media people. Because <laughs> I think me the quality of media in this country because of budget cuts is degraded enormously. And I'm just some half-wit English teacher who sees the problems with it. But I mean, that stuff, you guys need to be called on, too. And I, I, think, I think it's fair for people to say, look, that's not a supported fact in your article. Right. And I mean, take that out, and then you can be in your own world without people criticizing it. And, and that's, that's a, a fair assessment. I would disagree that, that there is commentary in my posts uh, that are not commentary. And, and I would also uh, point out that in, while you are a blogger, uh, I, I respect that that estate because it's critical. I mean, look at what it did to uh, to Dan Rather, but I mean, look at what your blog did this morning to me or last night or whenever it was published. Right. You you published that that nasty little untrue piece, and and I understand that there's that little footnote at the bottom, right. but it's something that's that's first of all, it's a waste of time. It is completely untrue. It casts me in a completely false light. And, and my now job, I want to know what this is. It was it was about the uh, some stupid conservative blogger writing about trying to do that gotcha thing where they catch a senator and a news lady who happens to be the senator's wife. It's Sherrod Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And they kiss, and so the the conservative idiot right says, senator or news lady, why are you kissing this guy? And she's like, okay, well he's my husband. And you know, it's just a big joke. And they, on his blog this morning, they pretended like that was me. Oh. Well, that's not fair. I mean, the person who wrote it, I mean, clearly designed to be satirical. It's, oh, not, I understand. it's not great satire, but no one pretended that it was uh, I, I mean, I thought it was clever at first, but so, then. Yeah, it's not the kind of piece I write typically. I wouldn't have written that. But I mean, to say that even, even if. Come on, you're talking to somebody who wrote a piece called These Are the 47 Effing Bigots. Only I didn't use effing. Right, that's a professional audience. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't have posted that. Someone was probably upset on my behalf about Twitter War 2012. But I, I, don't, I don't think that even rises to the same level as factual distortions in news stories. Which I, I'm proud to say, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I've had a fact corrected by people. And people do criticize it all the time. I'm sure I've made mistakes, but I mean, I, I think I just don't think that even rises to the same level. That was poor satire. Yes, I, I would agree with you there. That, that that's fantastic because some someday some employer of mine is gonna or future employer is gonna go back and look at that and and maybe mistake it for me. So I'm I, not sure you want to work for someone who can't figure out that satire. <laughs> you never know. Is what, there a tag on there that says it's satire? Yes, at the very bottom. At the <laughs> yeah. very okay, bottom. Good. So. Because I'll probably be the one who needs it. I'll read it. I mean, I'm happy to take ago. it down, but I mean, I think that's that's a distraction from the core issue. I mean, I, I'm not going to go through all four of these, but let me give you one example of a story you read. This is my favorite one was the Planned Parenthood ad. Yes. Um, in which the headline reads, "Tester rides to Planned Parenthood's aid in latest ad." Yes. And you describe Lisa Jackson as a apparent tester surrogate. I assume, did you interview Mrs. Jackson? If you if you appear. 
in a tester ad, then you're <laughs> supporting okay. tester, you are a surrogate. In your story about um, Reberg and his mom, was she described as a Reberg surrogate? Okay. I don't know. So then you later say, that's a small detail. Critics argued that in addition to abortions, Planned Parenthood provides easily accessible health checkups and, as Lisa Jones noted, cancer screenings. Well, I looked back at the original story and I looked at the ad. Lisa didn't say anything about Planned Parenthood. Okay, but at all. But it, it's interesting because the, the campaign didn't either, at all. Not then one bit. Why is a reporter under news saying that? Because, because and what, the Flathead no, no, Beacon no, no, no. reported uh, on February 23, <laughs> 2011, that the health clinic in question said that these funds were not used that way. So I have, it's factually inaccurate, and there's no one who said it, and you're writing it in a news story. <laughs> okay, that's, that's fine if you want to do that. What, what we've got is, um, I understand that, uh, that you are a Democrat, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that, in fact, you ran, for, you ran for governor as a sure. Democrat in 2008, correct? I did. And, Very successfully. Yeah. Uh, I would have loved to see you debate Brian Schweitzer. Did I that thought, ever happen? I thought I was going to. Uh, that would have been entertaining. He ducked me. Anyway, but what we've got is... Transparency. <laughs> what we've got is Tester's campaign essentially saying Denny Reberg hates women, which, you know, that's the whole war on women rhetoric, right? And I mentioned that in the article. But what they don't mention is that it's... Planned Parenthood, it's they, it's the whole Planned Parenthood, you know. But you attribute a quote to Lisa Jones when she didn't say it. <laughs> you attribute her saying that Planned Parenthood provides these health screenings, and she didn't say that. That's not exactly what I wrote. Planned Parenthood provides easily accessible health checkups, and as Lisa Jones noted, cancer screenings. I mean, that's, Did, is, let me ask you this. Is she in the ad? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, she's in the ad. Is the ad about Planned Parenthood's funding? No, the ad is about community health centers. Funding. Is it about Planned Parenthood's funding? Because it is. It's about community health center funding. No. As the director of the community health center told the Flathead Beacon on February 23rd of 2011. So, no. And even if that's true, you can't put her name by that unless she said it to you. That's how reporting works. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, but she was in the ad and she was yes. stumping for Planned Parenthood's funds, correct? She didn't say the words Planned Parenthood. Oh, because that, said, that would be politically wrong. No, because, because she said Tester doesn't want to be it. associated with that. Well, you don't know that. They won't talk to you. <laughs> uh, That's true. I, I guess. Uh, uh, okay. One, I have. I, I know I've seen the ad, but I haven't seen it in several months, so I don't remember enough about it. But it was actually not about Planned Parenthood. It was about community cuts to community health organizations, mm -hmm. as, as well as Planned Parenthood in the bill, but that wasn't mentioned in the ad. I understand that. And so I'm wondering if your concern on this and your major point on this is actually that the ad only mentions this, but the bill actually talks about you know Planned Parenthood, yes. which Tester is ducking, but you didn't say that. Te Tester is ducking. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, yeah that's, you're Tester, things that aren't right. you, the same. The, the ad is talking <laughs> about you know this one part of the bill. You're talking about another part of the bill. I think it's, it's actually the same part of the bill. So it's, a, it's an amendment uh, for title, I think it's title X or title, title 10, 10, title 10 funds, uh, which uh, Representative Pence from Indiana wanted to cut because of course they, they Because delivered. he doesn't like vagina. 
Well, well I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna, I'm not going to say that. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. I can say it on NPR. I can say it on my show. It's time to end funds, right? So uh, that's a major issue. And the idea was to cut funding to Planned Parenthood, which, for wrong or right, I don't really give a crap about Planned Parenthood, whatever. Uh, but that's been a long, a burr long in the saddle of the GOP. So and, shouldn't a journalist or a reporter have said, what? Ms. Jones didn't mention was, and then talk about Planned Parenthood. Right. But instead, you make this assertion about something she said that she didn't. No, I, I think her perception is that it was about community health centers. You could certainly critique her argument, but you're, you're not doing that. You're inserting the commentary in the middle of a quote with someone you never interviewed. There's no, first of all, there's no commentary in there. That, um, that article is based on fact. Well, but it's see, that's, on but that's, where, but that's where you're missing his point is that as soon as you talk about something that you didn't actually get from them, that is when it becomes commentary. And even though it's probably something she would have mentioned if you talked to her, mm -hmm. because you didn't, you don't know for sure. So it still becomes your opinion of what they would have said. I guess we are just going to have to agree to, to disagree on this, because she, she was acting on behalf of the, the tester campaign, and she was speaking on behalf of Title X funds, which were, of course, part of the Planned Parenthood thing. So, uh, Well, actually, reverse that. Part of the Planned Parenthood funding comes from Title X, but that's not all of what Title X does. Oh, I understand that. And cutting Title X, and you know, we can get into the whole debate about health care, but we haven't <laughs> got seven billion years. Uh, <laughs> You know, cutting a lot of the stuff that's gone on with uh, how they're treating uh, medical issues and whatnot in Congress has been confusing to everybody. But as soon as you are not actually using quotes that you get or quotes that you can back up, it becomes, even if it is true, it becomes a mess for other people to verify. It becomes something that is an unverifiable fact. Therefore, it can't be what you're expecting it to be. So. When you're working as a journalist, a true journalist, and, you're, and you put these things together, your, your cause has to be that the, the truth comes out, even if it's inconvenient for your writing. I mean, don't you have to make a phone call? Just ask her. I mean, I mean that seems like an easy step. Do you think I, I've called several tester surrogates Did before. you call Lisa? No, I did not, because so that you I've had about... so many tester surrogates hang up on me that it's pointless. OK, so on, on postal reform, you said, um, the Montana Postal Workers Union endorsed tester just days after he voted to delay closures and much-needed fiscal reform to endorse the Democrat over Reberg. Nothing in the story that you talked about talks about needed fiscal reform. There's a big so, so in the first or second paragraph, I don't mention that they have multi-billion yeah, dollar about, losses over several years, because I'm pretty sure actually, I did. No, you don't. But yes, yes, it's there. I'll post it on my blog when we're done. But more than that, there's a debate about what kind of reform needs to take place, right? Some people think that the retirement problem that was created by Republicans yes. in 2006, not mentioned in the story. But you say, I mean, this is just grammatical. Tester voted to delay much-needed fiscal reform. You don't have a quote from any source saying that this is reform that's necessary. You don't have a single quote from anyone saying that we need to close these newspaper or these post offices. <laughs> but you assert at the bottom of a story called News that Tester voted to delay much-needed reform. It's the term much-needed. You don't get to okay. Here's that. the thing. I can't explain everything in every article that I, just I went write. Back to four stories this week. I can go through the other two if you want. I mean, I didn't, no, I didn't cherry pick. That's I picked fine. the first four I downloaded. So 
I mean, that's an example of something that is clearly inappropriate for a news story. But, but you Tester want to write an editorial that Tester says... Tester himself admits that the Postal Service needs reform, does he not? That would be... I don't know if that's true, and I certainly don't know it reading your story, because you don't have a quote saying that. So, <laughs> that's... This feels, like, this feels like a little bit of an ambush. Yeah, I'm ambushing you, because <laughs> I printed your words, and I'm confronting you with them. Hmm. Um, That's all I'm doing. I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk. You say in an above paragraph about them giving him money on the vote influencing action. That seems like neutral reportorial language there. Vote influencing action. You don't know that it influenced his vote. <laughs> okay. Right? I mean, do you know that? <laughs> I'm not going to play this game. Reporting? Journalism? Which game? Because the game you're playing is lying to the public in Montana. How am I lying? How am I lying? Vote influencing action, Planned Parenthood, much needed fiscal reform, independent, not biased coverage. All of those things are lies. Oh, oh, Don. Oh, right, and saying that the tester campaign took the photographs of the wounded Marine. Here's so, the thing. So Here's that's thing. six. Here's the thing. If I was biased, as you say I am, would I have written stories critical of Denny Reberg? Sure. Would I have? Yeah. Really? If, I, if I'm a Reberg man, as you assert, would I, would I write something that's critical of him? Absolutely. Why? Because, as we know, I'm clearly a John Tester supporter. I've written critical pieces about Senator Tester. No, you haven't. I criticized him for the DREAM Act vote. I criticized him for wanting to cut unemployment benefits during the recession. I criticized him for moving to the right to try to win votes. So why, why was it so hard for you yesterday to send me those links? Because I was enjoying making you get upset. <laughs> but those are all there. In fact, uh, when it's I wrote like a piece, game of darts. When I wrote the piece about the Dream Act, I got a number of very angry responses from Democrats. So just because someone writes something critical of their side doesn't mean they're not biased. It means that you wrote a story about Reber because there's so much you had to do something. Well, and here's the thing. Here's what cracks me up about the whole: Are you one side or the other? I don't think there's anybody who actually. Well, no, I take that back. I know a couple of idiots. But most people who have a brain, or at least half of one in their head, don't agree with the party lines 100% of the time. Yes. And there's going to be moments where you go, ah, da, 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 da. So it's legitimate for you to have uh, attacked Reberg. It's legitimate for you to have attacked Tester. It's legitimate for you to have attacked Burns, even. Yeah. You know, the, that's, that's not the point. The, the difference is, do you attack with verifiable, straightforward facts, or do you attack with opinion? And if you're going to attack with opinion, mark it as such. Mm -hmm. And the difference between saying delaying the vote for reform and delaying the vote for much needed reform is massive. And it may not seem massive to you. It seems huge to me because it, the basic, the difference between the two sentences is the assumption of do we actually need to reform this or is it a bunch of bullocks? And, and contextually doesn't mention that Reberg supported the exact same position. Oh, I but was, Tester, I'm, I'm going to get to that Tester, too. Tester quote delayed this, but Reberg supported the same position. Has Again, he voted? Has he voted for that? Reberg? Yeah, he voted to close the post office. Are you sure about that? Uh, I don't even know. His first that. vote was to close it, and then he turned around and he did the... It's hard to keep track of which way. Here's the thing the, is... Was it the Defense Act that they put it in? I don't remember. There's a piece, hang on, there's a piece forthcoming about that, actually, about Danny Reberg on the post office, because 
while John Tester has actually put forth some ideas, you know, cut executive pay, um, privatize where you can, do do things to maximize. I got a efficiency. better answer for that. Close the two of the three post offices on Helena and consolidate yeah, know, that. Right. Get rid of but, the one in East Helena. Consolidate oh, like it into one. Helena. Oh, but, uh, but I don't on. get my mail. We don't like that. Hang on. But the one thing that, that Denny Reberg uh, said in the Big Sky debate, right? Uh, he said that. All he wanted to do was delay. There were no ideas, there were no solutions for reforming the post office, right? There's a piece coming about that. I promise it will come. Okay, explain to me though how, if it's not a matter of bias, I'm excited to read this piece too, but this piece was written, I think, within the last week, mm -hmm. where you said that Tester delayed needed reform. How in the world is that not a contextual piece of information that should have been in that story if it happened in a debate three weeks ago? Well, I guess, I guess. How I craft my stories is, is just a personal style. And if you want to say that it's biased, point. here's the thing, I'm not going to convince you that I'm not biased. That's, that's not my, my thing, and I'm not here to do that. Right. But I have a personal style. It's not out to get John Tester. It's not out to get Denny Reberg. It's just out to write news the way that I write I, news. If I, here's I'm the thing, I'm, no, 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 but all no, no, the evidence suggests the opposite. Hang on, sir. If I, if I miss something in a story, then that's my mistake, and I'll correct it. If I, if I feel that it's a major glaring omission, I will correct it. Do you want, as me, to you send, know, do you want me to send you these? As you know. I mean, are you going to fix much needed reform tonight? No, because I don't agree that it's something that needs fixed. Okay. So, I, and I think that, and, so you're not going to go through and like mark out the commentary stuff. You're going to keep that. <laughs> if, if you, if you want to take a job with the Franklin Center as an editor, I welcome you to apply. I, am, I think I might. This yes. would be good. If you want to do that, that's fine. But we just have two different styles. I if just you, want to be in those editorial No, we really no, don't no, have listen, different listen, styles. Listen, listen. I have a commitment no, 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 no. to transparency and accuracy. No, you're not. You go to my site, it says at the top, progressive politics, right? You know right away what you're getting. Your site says government watchdog. Right. Because that's exactly what you're getting, and you know it. And, and to what, suggest what government watchdogging about this? And to suggest otherwise is very disingenuous of you, I believe. Because the government watchdog moniker is commonly understood as, as what the press does. No, no, that's not what the press does. The Read, press. Did you take a journalism class for God's sake? Of course I, mean, I did. The fourth estate, that's its function, is to provide a check on powerful institutions, including the government. That's what reporters do. That's why freedom what of you the press do was enshrined in the Constitution. Oh, I understand is that. from a viewpoint. And I think that's what's so frustrating about this. You can say it's a style choice, it's not. It is a calculated effort to distort reality. And that's, that's upsetting because. It's not true, it's not fair. And I think that's my concern. I don't particularly care what you guys write, as long as you yes, tell the you truth do. about your you, point you of view. You made us the, your fodder uh, several times since I've been here. And you've been a union thug hack that's defending the unions. Excuse me, I'm a union thug hack. Yes. So that's the neutral point of view that we get from the Montana watchdog. Union <laughs> thug hack. Now, is that commentary or is that news? That's commentary. Okay. Because Kevin Ham said that journalists can have an opinion. You are here not to write honestly about anything. You are here to espouse the progressive view, and you, you admit that. And Why I, can't those both be true? <laughs> Tell me something I've said that isn't true. It's what you haven't said. Let's say, let's say that, right. no, listen, I'm, listen. I'm not a reporter. Let's say that Denny Reed, but you are an, a, a supposedly intellectually honest human being. I think so. I, and I think you're a great writer, and I've said so. From the research I've done, you're also a great teacher. But I think you lack intellectual honesty sometimes. Let's say that Denny Reberg 
pulled a John Tester, did these supposedly independent ethics audits, right? right? But John Tester, or let's say Denny Reberg, used a campaign donor or a former Republican state legislator to do it. Mm -hmm. You would be out of your mind. You would be out of your mind with writing about that and blowing it up on Twitter, and you would, you would make snarky comments about it, which I think is funny, but you would be out of your mind to get Danny Reberg for that. Well, Unfortunately, so. it doesn't extend to John Tester. Okay, except that's, I think it's unfair on a couple of levels. The person you smear in your story about the ethics audit, the local judge, I know is beyond ethical reproach. So, no, and, but you smeared him, by the way, without interviewing him. Uh, actually, I called both judges. And did they both speak judges. to you? They both hung up on me, imagine that. Hung up on you? Yes. Okay. So, wow, hung up on you. That's interesting. Anyway, so first of all, that's, that's wrong. Second, I admit my position is I am promoting John Tester. I would like John Tester to be the senator from Montana because I think Dennis Freeberg is both incompetent and a despicable human being. No one questions that about me. I don't write for a news organization, though. You write for a news organization. You call yourself a news reporter. The Montana Watchdog calls you a news reporter. Watchdog.org says what you're doing is news. What I do is political commentary on a blog. If you can't understand that distinction. Oh, I understand there's a distinction. Well, then stop accusing me of something that's irrelevant. I will concede to you that I am a union hack thug pro John Tester progressive. It doesn't matter. But the, the fact is, in, in several of your tweets and several of your blog posts, you refuse to be intellectually honest. And I think that that, that shade your... No, 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 listen, listen. Give me an example. Hey, I've I provided give... copious examples of you okay. not demonstrating honesty, much less intellectual okay. dishonesty. Show me I, a place no, where I'm intellectually dishonest. Back in April, Brian Schweitzer had this, this press conference where he was raving about how Republicans caused the pension crisis. They had the House, they had the Senate, and they had the governorship uh, with Martz in, in, in the helm, who I, I hear was a terrible governor. Was I, I don't, I hear she was terrible. Anyway, uh, I did a little research, and I found that uh, while Republicans did hold all those offices, uh, I think the majority was, was pretty hefty in, in each body. It was actually the union, Eric Fever, who authored that bill, that's inaccurate. No. I'm pretty sure that the union didn't author the bill. Yes. Legislative services actually author the bills. Fever may have gone to Dave Lewis and said, here's what I think you should do, but he didn't write the bill and hand it to Dave Lewis. And more <laughs> importantly, he didn't. It, the Republicans wouldn't vote the way the union wanted regardless. Forgive me. It was, and we'll get to that in a second, it was a union bill. How about that? Because it's important. And they, no, 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 no. In, in a 2001 newsletter, Eric Fever said, Love this it. is our bill. This is our bill. He took complete ownership of it. And you know what? In this piece, I wrote that Republicans were to blame for the pension mess and Democrats were to blame because they all voted for it. Only three Republicans voted against it in the House, I believe. Right. And so what you do is you come out on Twitter and you say that Montana Watchdog runs the worst piece ever. And I don't understand that because, first of all, all the facts are accurate. The union took ownership of the bill. The Republicans are to blame, too. And I said that clearly in the piece. And the Democrats are also to blame. Everybody is to blame. And yet you say that we are here only to defend the Montana GOP. No, that was setting the record straight. And you can tell I'm a little agitated because 
that was a truthful piece, and you can't be intellectually honest. That's a perfect example of the distortion your organization engages in. First of all, it's complex cause fallacy. If everyone in Helena rose up and said, pass this bill, it doesn't matter. The legislature and the governor passed the bill. So the people responsible are, I mean, this is like a Romney-Bain defense. The people who passed the bill are responsible. So John Tester is responsible. Second, yeah. John Tester is responsible. If he passed, I don't remember. He voted for it. Okay. Good. That was if. Good. Fine. I'm glad that we can have that on the record. Second, though, to go back in time and say the most important expose I'm going to do about a bill is the seven year old bill that Dave Lewis, who's probably one of the most conservative members of the Senate, wrote, pushed, and passed is somehow. You, your headline said that unions were to blame for it, I believe. Unions don't pass bills. Unions don't write bills. Unions don't sign bills. Judy Martz signed the bill. So what was wrong with that piece was context. You were, you were making equal two things that are not equal. If Eric Fever could write every bill he wanted and pass, I would be making $300,000 a year and teaching six days a year. He wanted that passed. He got it. He persuaded people to vote for it. He's not culpable. I mean, the people who passed it are the ones who need to know if it's going to work or not. So I mean I don't think that's an example of intellectual dishonesty. I, I disagree. So I, okay, we're coming up on the end of my time. I think this has been very interesting, and I'd love to do it again. I think I'd love to do it with some more people. <laughs> oh, this this is not going to go well because everybody hates me and everybody loves Pagreba. So well, no, I, I don't I, think we can find no, it No, I think fair. I think it would want to. You know, and wow, I, that's that's exciting to learn that people like me. That's cool. <laughs> don't worry, Dustin. Nobody hates you that badly. Um, the. The overall take from this, I guess, is that everybody's going to have their own opinion. And we all, politics is going to be a mess. It's always going to be sausage making, or the equivalent of. And uh, I think it's better on any given day that, oops, excuse me as I knock my water bottle around. I think it's better on any given day if the people who are completely at odds with each other can take the time out and come together and have a discussion. They may not ever agree on anything as evidence this episode. <laughs> but at the end of the day, at least they were adult enough to sit down and have a conversation, which is far better than anybody did last year in the, the session. So once again, I hope that this changes everything. I'd like to thank my two guests, Don Pagriba, who you can follow on Twitter at DPagriba, and you Probably can follow his blog, a blog at intelligentdiscontent.com. And Dustin Hurst, who you can follow on Twitter as Dustin Hurst. Yep. Uh, which is H-U-R-S-T, yes. correct? H-U-R-S-T on Hearst. And on montana.watchdog.org, you can see many of his posts. He will call them news. Don will call them opinion. <laughs> I will call them a digital mess. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the show. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> <laughs>